Welcome to the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition podcast. Today we're speaking with Dr. Alice Lichtenstein of Tufts University about a study on adherence to the 2005 Dietary Guidelines for Americans and Progression of Coronary Artery Atherosclerosis in Women, which was published in the July 2009 issue of AJCN. Researchers at USDA Human Nutrition Research Center on Aging at Tufts University and Wake Forest University devised a statistical model that assessed adherence to the guidelines and then related it to progression of atherosclerosis in women. Uh, Dr. Lichtenstein, can you tell us, uh, first of all, what was the, the goal of the study? Well, we were interested in determining how well diet would predict the progression of cardiovascular disease in women who had already been diagnosed with heart disease and were followed over a three-year period. We had angiography measures of their actual lesions at time zero and then three years later. And how did you measure their adherence to the guidelines? The women filled out a food frequency questionnaire, and then we devised a system or actually adapted a system that had already been devised that scored adherence to each of the individual components of the dietary guidelines and then summed them. Okay, and now once you analyzed this, were any of the results surprising to you? Well, what we did is we actually analyzed the results in two different ways. Initially, just looking at the score and assuming that all the different components of the dietary guidelines would contribute similarly to progression of atherosclerosis. And what we were a bit surprised about was to find that there really was not a relationship. However, if then we weighted each of the individual components of the dietary guidelines to, with the strength of the association that we know there is for heart disease, we found that there was actually a strong relationship so that those women who adhered more to the dietary guidelines using this weighted approach actually had less progression over a three-year period. And this was particularly encouraging because previously in these women we had observed that those women that reported consuming more whole grain intake had slower progression and those who reported eating more fish, especially dark meat fish, also had less progression. Uh, so on that note, um, what sort of diet recommendations would you give women who had already established heart disease? Well, I think the recommendations that we'd give women who already had established heart disease actually would be similar to the general population for preventing cardiovascular disease, and that would be to eat a diet that was rich in whole, gra whole grains, fruits and vegetables, low and non-fat dairy products, lean meat, fish at least twice a week, and legumes. Great. And how do you think um, your findings in this study might influence the creation of the 2010 Dietary Guidelines for Americans, or will they? I don't think these findings will necessarily um, affect the revision of the current Dietary Guidelines that will come out in 2010. I think what this will do is um, suggest an alternate way for people who have data on other cohorts to look at their food frequency data and relate it to health outcomes. Um, so that perhaps not by assuming that all the dietary guidelines are equal with respect to individual 
health outcomes, but maybe weight them depending on what the specific outcome is. So, for example, for cardiovascular disease, it's not particularly surprising that they would be weighted more towards dietary fat, whereas something like osteoporosis would likely be weighted for other factors. So I think this is one of the values of um, this work is to show that there are multiple ways of looking at food frequency data, and we should really explore um, more creative ways to use it and to tailor it to specific health outcomes. And finally, are there any words of wisdom for the general public to better adhere to the dietary guidelines? Well, I think we talk a lot about dietary guidelines and we talk a lot about what people should be eating, but I think we always have to keep in mind that it's going to be a balance between the amount we eat and the amount that we exercise or the energy we expend, that that really needs to be balanced. So we can be eating an excellent diet, but if we're eating too much of it, it's going to work to our disadvantage. So I think, number one, we need to make sure that we get an energy balance, which means not gaining weight, and if we're overweight, then cutting back so that we can achieve and maintain a healthy body weight, um, remaining physically active, and then looking at the specific dietary components. And I think if we sort of shift um, what some of the emphasis is so that at any one plate or at any one meal there are lots of fruits and vegetables and some whole grains and then low and non-fat dairy products and lean meat and fish at least twice a week, I think um, it's the type of pattern that can be adapted to a lot of different food preferences and a lot of different ethnic patterns. So it's not something that's chiseled in stone as far as exactly what would comprise a diet that would be consistent with the dietary guidelines. I think that's fairly flexible and is really dependent on people's personal preferences, but within their own dietary patterns, modifying slightly so that it will be more consistent with what the recommendations are.